0: Okay, we're gonna go ahead and get started.
1: No. Wait, we didn't
2: we didn't do like a like a cold opening. Like we need to have like a bet, like a funny bet before we get to the theme See, song. Did
1: you just start recording now? Because there was
0: plenty of stuff you could have used. It's 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 been recording since I called. Yeah, everybody. there's plenty Ooh. of stuff
1: for oh, for stuff. Stuff
0: to go through. Fuck. Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey P and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco
1: and Third here too. Proudly brought to you by GWW Radio.
0: Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, well, it's another end of the week, and we're here to talk some movies uh, and a lot of our favorite shows, because, well, we need therapy like that, and that's just how we roll around here. Uh, I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Uh, alongside always is Miss Sarah Belmont. What's up, Sarah? Did we lose No, Sarah? you
1: guys, <laughs> you lost me for a moment, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was like, wait a second, are we already having technical yes. difficulties already? It wouldn't be our um, podcast
1: if there weren't technical that's, difficulties. That's
0: that's very, very true. Very, very true. Um, joining us from uh, our fellow company, I guess you could say, Geeks with Wives, or GWW, is Agasicles. Welcome, Agasicles. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Nada. That's how you... That's, how that's you right. Make it it's a, it's not quite as effective uh, when the camera's
3: not on. But, <laughs> but I had I had to go with that we, shtick, because that's what I do on every other podcast.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Hey, uh, don't, uh, don't, exactly. If it's not broke, don't <laughs> fix it. Um, and uh, joining us uh, again, like she always does, it's good to have her back, Miss Rose Moore. No. Welcome, Rose. And I just wanted to say... Uh, I really dig your guys's uh, DC movie podcast. I really, en- yeah, it's good stuff over there. Really enjoying what you guys are doing there. Fantastic. Um, thank you. No problem. And back again because he loves to crash our podcast because he is he's the scene nerd crasher, but he's also the host of the Flash podcast. Welcome back, Andy. They see me crashing,
2: they hate it. <laughs> no. <laughs> how's how's it going tonight? <laughs>
0: Oh, pretty good, pretty good, you know, just uh, trying to come down from everything that happened after the Flash podcast, or I mean, after the Flash uh, <laughs> episode this past week. Yeah, I don't, um, know, I don't know if
2: we did anything drastic on the podcast, um, <laughs> the, the television episode, probably, sure, certainly did, but, um,
0: yeah, it was pretty crazy, but we'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit. And um, when he says a
2: little bit, that, that means that towards the end of the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, so Matt and Casey aren't here tonight, unfortunately. So Fair obviously, is. yeah, no redactions. Uh, but I will tell talk about the movies out this week real quickly. Uh, first up is Goosebumps, that's at seventy one percent on the Tomato Meter. Crimson Peak is at sixty seven percent, and Bridge of Spies that's at ninety two percent. Uh, Blu rays out now: uh, Tomorrowland, Dope, The Galloway, The Gallows, and Terminator Genesis. Oh, God, that movie that spelling that's gonna always annoy me um so those are what's out in blu-ray and uh theaters so go check them out um like i said no casey so no entertainment weather whatever but i really uh quickly want to go around uh with you guys and ask you um i i did want to talk about this piece of news that broke this week and, and that is uh hulk being con- well i don't know is it confirmed that he's in thor i is it confirmed
2: most of it i would say yes because the the traits like deadline Hall of reporter and variety they all you know reported and stuff like that it seems okay. it just seems that Marvel is just taking its sweet ass time to confirm, you know pose okay. zombie <laughs> but yeah but yeah but I would say it's pretty much it's pretty much true at this point
0: yeah it's uh, it's definitely gonna be an interesting team up you know you look at all the Avengers and you wonder who could team up in a movie. Uh, and the Hulk Hulk and Thor will be will be quite interesting to watch um Rose uh, I know you're a big Marvel a big Marvel fan what do you think of, of these two teaming up uh, in Asgard
4: uh I'm kind of not thrilled about it um, partially because I love I love Thor as a character I love Asgard as like a fantasy element to Marvel and I'm just not totally sure that I want to see Hulk as part of that but we don't know what they're gonna do with it yet and I I am totally okay with like Bruce Banner as a scientist in Asgard that would be really cool to see
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting mixing the magic and uh and science that's gonna be really interesting to watch uh, I have a wait I'm I, sorry
2: I just if I don't say it now I'm gonna forget it um okay Four Ragnarok comes out after civil war right
5: yes
2: yes and four is not in civil war is he
0: I don't think he's What,
2: what it. if this movie is taking The reason why Thor and Hulk are not in Civil War is because this film will take place at the same time as Civil War.
4: That's quite But possible. Thor is in the Civil War books, sort of, in that he's actually not around for the books, but they have, like, fake robot type Thor in the books for Civil War. I feel like he has to make an appearance there. Not a huge one, but I, he has to appear.
3: Yeah, but the, what what they're doing with Civil War on the big screen is it seems like a significant skew from what was done in the comics.
4: Yeah, true. Um, but, I I mean, seeing as they have Thor on screen already and they have the actor and everything else, it seems it like it makes sense to cut out characters that we haven't seen yet or that don't exist yet or that just would be really impractical. It doesn't seem to make sense to cut out a character who is already part of
3: the MCU. Except, but
4: maybe they will.
3: Except for the whole thing that, that all, all of those things seem to revolve around these contractual uh, appearance metrics that they have. I mean, that drives so much that, like, you know, Chris Evans has X number of movies that he can appear in, you know, and that that seems to drive the character availability to make, you know, cameos in certain films. And, and I think as they've gotten through, as they're getting later and later in phases, and certain characters get closer and closer, or certain actors get closer and closer to the end of contract, they seem to become much more selective about, you know, do they have a character show up and make a random cameo, or, or do they reserve that appearance for a more significant, you know, walk on screen?
2: Yeah, that's thing's because that's in point. interviews... That's interesting, because in the interviews that I've, like, read with some of those actors, you know, including Evans himself, is that he, you know, for example, his cameo in For the Dark World, he, you know, like, I think the reporter asked, him, like, you know, do you, like, you know, do you, did you go, uh, oh, it counts as my card? He was like, no, I'm fine doing things like that, you know, it doesn't have to be all, practice, you know, we don't have to get all, you know, technical and stuff like that, so he, like, most of those actors, they're fine just doing, you know, quick, you know, minor appearances like that without, you know, being like, oh, well, you guess what, now you lost me for another movie, and so on, like, they... They seem to be co- pretty cool with it, which is kind of awesome. Um, but yeah, they, like he is, you know, like, multiple actors have said it multiple times. Like, you know, they are fine with just doing whatever.
3: Yeah, you, you definitely do when you're Chris Evans and you're not one of the higher paid <laughs> members of the Marvel cast. I, I don't know, and I mean, I, I know, you know, Downey Jr. is still relatively cool on the Hollywood actor scale, but I don't necessarily know for him that he shows up and does a cameo for free. I mean, I don't.
2: I, I, I don't know. He said before that he's kind of like cool with doing that for Shield. Like, you know, he's you know in the beginning he was like, yeah, you know, I you know, I think they appreciate beginning to be part of these franchises and, and stuff like that. So I don't think they would necessarily go all dickish and be like, yeah, you need to pay me more if you want me to show up for one scene on Shield or you know one scene not in this movie or whatever.
0: Yeah, I can I could see that. Hmm. Sarah, any thoughts on the this upcoming? Not team really. Up? <laughs> <laughs> all right short and sweet <laughs> so she's just short and sweet that's how we like it here um all right so so yeah so that's all i really wanted to bring up before we get into tv talk you know um pretty big news coming out of the the marvel uh, mcu uh but i want to jump into tv talk because we got a lot of tv to talk about and we're going to kick things off with blind spots uh now we're halfway through the first season which i think is only eight episodes and um it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, Rose, I know you, uh, I saw your, a lot of your tweets. You really liked the pilot episode. Um, what do you think of this? Is it, is, does it seem like it's kind of an action movie every week? Because I'm kind of getting that vibe. I,
4: I'm loving it, for one thing. I, it's one of my
0: new favorite TV shows.
4: I think it's amazing. Um, it, it feels, obviously, it's a very, very action-focused show and I think for a lot of people it fills a gap that used to be um, sort of dealt with by shows like 24 where it is this really action packed thing and we get this like one clue per week situation um, and I'm really down for that I think it's awesome I think it's so much fun
0: yeah it really is uh, It's it's. The, I think some of the dialogue is kind of funny in that it, it's, it's not that it's bad but it's just kind of it reminds me of an action movie, and I guess that's why I I, I think that what is it? I think Casey a couple of weeks back said that um, Weller the main the guy the guy character reminds him of, of Nicholas Cage in all his his movies, and we know how kind of funny Nicholas Cage can be in his own way in an action movie. Um, and I always say that because I think it was a couple of episodes back they were in the middle of a shootout, and he tells Jane to take his gun, and she's like. Well, what about you? And he goes, "I'll get one." It's just kind of this like this tough guy persona, and you know, it's just it was just kind of funny to me. Uh, Sarah, what do you what are you thinking of uh, of this whole action uh, pacing for throughout the whole episode?
1: Um, it's not my favorite, but no surprise there, right? <laughs> I mean, my thoughts pretty clear on blind spot a few weeks ago. It doesn't interest me at that at right now, um, but then again. I think part of it is just because it's a lot of setup going on and the overarching storyline will probably happen mid-season, back half of the first season. So maybe I'll be an avid viewer come that point, but right now I could really care less.
0: Okay. Um, Agassicles, I know you have some points you wanted to make on what did you What did you want to say about it? Uh so
3: I will admit, you know, this this episode that aired this week was the first one that I'd watched. Um I, I'd found it interesting, you know, back in the spring summer when all the details of the fall T V lineup were dropping. Uh I, I didn't find this past episode that interesting. Um I don't know you know, for me personally, there's not really room in my uh in my T V roster for a show that that covers a lot of the same ground as the Blacklist. Um and the the cast on the blind spot is just not, in my opinion, is just not the equal of the cast on the blind spot on the blacklist. And I mean, I mean this, this past episode this week is, was literally an episode that the blacklist did in season two. So are very, very similar. Um, So yeah, it's, it's not a, didn't do a whole lot for me.
0: Okay. That's fair. Um, no, one of the one of the, the it seems like the big, uh, well, the it is the big uh, arc over the whole show, and, and that is who who is Jane Doe? Who is she? And 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 I, in the th- I think it was the third episode that they felt like they found out she was Taylor Shaw, who was a childhood friend of Weller. Um, Rose, what did you think of of them almost making that connection to the end of this episode, this pre- this previous episode where? they um, pretty much said, oh, well, she probably isn't Taylor Shaw after all.
4: I loved it. I got so into the show. So when they first sort of, uh, like, they had one episode, and then they sort of went, oh, well, maybe this could be a connection. And then they said, oh, yes, she is. This this DNA result came back positive. And I'm like, and I thought that was kind of odd because it seemed, you know, why would you just hand that over this early in the show? Yeah. Um, and so we, I expected that there was going to be something to kind of screw that up <laughs> right afterwards. And when they did say that, I I loved it. I think it makes the question of who she is more interesting. Like if they just drawn it out as a possibility, the audio, you know, the viewer would be left wondering why don't they just DNA test her? Or like surely this should be easy to find out. And so because they've done this now, it it remains a mystery. It remains engaging. It stops being overdone or boring, because now we're left wondering, like, how this, like, so this child is born, or her tooth says that she was born in Africa, um, which now means are we going for, like, someone, like, how would, how would you have a DNA test and another test completely at odds? Like, did she have someone else's tooth implanted? Did she somehow have some other kind of DNA? Is there some like was were there twin tailors? and one disappeared like twin tailors somehow was the you know was the person the mother did she donate an egg to a family in Africa where this kid was but the second kid was born it's it fascinates me and I love speculation. I love speculating on what could happen with it.
0: So I'm so yeah, interested. Yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting to see like where this all goes, and and I I like that it's like the first season is eight episodes because they really can tackle a lot of this, um, <coughs> and we can find out where um you know how this is all connected, and I mean maybe this Taylor Shaw character becomes something else that rears its head in you know somewhere towards the end of the season, or or maybe even beyond that, adding another element to the show. So
3: it's so- it sounds like you guys are Pete and Rose are both fans of it. Do you? one of the things that i thought of in in seeing kind of all the different setups do, do you guys worry that, that this might have the potential to go all jj J. abrams you know alias and uh get get very convoluted and very complicated in what
2: they're trying to pull off and a lot of ff flair i Fan.
4: i sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i kind of hope it does I'm going to be totally honest. I like the shows that can get extremely convoluted like that. I prefer them to more straight up um, or procedural stuff. I, I kind of want to see this become a, a really huge conspiracy. I was There was the other show that got cancelled uh, that Sarah Michelle Gellar was in. Oh, God, I've forgotten the name of it. Right. The um, Ringer on CW. The Ringer. Thank you, Andy. Um, and I was really loving that. That was starting to get super convoluted and... You know, mistaken identity or or hidden identity, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So maybe that's just something that I enjoy. Okay,
0: um, Andy, do you watch the show or no?
2: Uh, no, but uh, I don't. I I'm gonna maybe during um, the winter hiatus. Uh, it sounds very good, and I'm you know I, who doesn't love Jamie Alexander. Um, uh, I did get a little turn <laughs> up when I heard that it got a full season pickup. No, I'm I'm excited that they got a full season pickup, but. He says that I just love watching shows. There are small, you know, in small sizes now. Um, but I will probably give it a go. The, the trailer looked interesting at Comic Con, but, uh, but I'm, also, I'm just so busy um, because I'm a diva, you know? And,
3: <laughs> and does, does anybody know? Is this, is this Berlanti's whole crew doing the show also? I, I know he's the producer on the show, and Blake Neely is doing the music, who also does the music on Arrow. But I didn't catch if anybody else from um,
2: Sarah Schechter, who is one of the top um, people at Berlanti Productions, she's involved with the show. And okay. um, but I don't like it's you know Andrew Kreisberg, Margaret Graham, they're not involved with it and um, and stuff like that. So you know it's not. It, I think he used a lot of similar people, but usually like, he will appoint someone else, kind of be like the, the the you know the face of the show, like you know as a showrunner or whatever. But um, I could be wrong. Okay.
4: Um, the one the uh, one other thing that I want to say about Blindspot, because it's probably the reason that I started watching it, that it has nothing to do with the plot particularly, is that I am so stupidly excited to see a female character on TV who is a major character who is exceedingly heavily tattooed that is not <laughs> like... Um, you know, a druggie or a rebel or, uh, you know, that doesn't fit those stereotypes, that is a stunningly beautiful woman who looks stunningly beautiful and also quite casual at various different points with like full bodysuit, even if she didn't like intentionally get it, which, you know, I think she did and doesn't know she did, but that's a different point. Um, like, even though at right now it's been tapping onto her and it's not something that she actively chose to do as part of her personality or her expression, I'm so excited to see it because I'm very heavily tattooed, and I <laughs> really, really want everything to happen that can happen to make that acceptable and to stop that being a taboo and a bad thing and seen as ugly, and I don't think anyone could ever see Jamie Alexander as ugly, so I'm so happy to see it.
3: I do. I do like the physicality of the show. I'll, I'll say that the, uh, the the one thing that stuck out in my mind, and, and I do like the fact that the kid from uh, from Finding Forrester is uh, finally getting work. Um, but uh, I thought he looked earlier. Yeah, cool, yeah. uh, I do like the physicality. The, the scene that sticks out in my head is the uh, kind of the, the the climax when when she tackles like the main dude. And uh, I don't know if anybody else is a sports fan, but. The stunt guy who set that up clearly is because I mean she tracks him like an NFL linebacker tracking a running back coming out of the backfield. She just she just picks an angle and sticks with it and kind of looks at him from the side and then just hits him full force. And I'm like, wow, this is like Sunday afternoon football.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't even think of it like that. Um But yeah, I I agree. I, that's one of the things I do like about it. I think I, I like how it's like it, it goes with the whole my you know the whole action movie thing and I think that's just the pacing of it and just how much how much fun it is and and yeah I mean that's why I'm digging it I guess right now <clears throat> uh so uh as you can tell we're we're kind of 50-50 on the crew today as far as uh being into the blind spot but um it's it's definitely a show where um it's you know it's it's obviously in the early stages and and I I think it could certainly get better. Um, I'm sure Rose you agree. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and hopefully bring in some some more viewers. Uh, and another show that if to me and you know I was kind of finally finding this kind of semi parallel last night and that is if you want to see a show that's similar to Blind Spot but a lot more toned down, I'd have to say it's it's limitless. It's they're very similar move they I mean movies they're very similar television shows. Because the main character is driven by a main character who really doesn't know much of what's going on, um, but they're the driving force of of both shows. Uh, uh, I can't. I really can't remember. I know his name's Brian in Limitless, but I can't remember his last name. I don't think that's important. Finch. But, um, Finch. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Uh, uh, I'm I'm still digging it. I, I'm really liking. I'm really liking the show. Sarah, what do you think of of what you've seen so far? Uh, since it started and where
5: we're at now.
1: So I kind of forgot it was airing um, <laughs> after we covered it that one week. And then uh, I think it was early last week or early this week that I saw Matt tweeted something about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that show still going on. And then when you said we were covering it tonight, I'm like, oh, OK. So I I just watched the most recent episode. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sarah's just so cool and calm and just like, it's all right.
1: It's the cool. show. It's, it's fine. Right. You can watch it if you like it.
4: Whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, Rose, what are you thinking of, of, uh, of limitless? Uh,
4: well, I'm, I'm the opposite of Sarah right now. Cause I love it. I think again, I'm really excited about it. I will say that the movie limitless is up there with some of my favorite movies. I adore yes, it. Yes. Um, For the movie and the show, I'm kind of frustrated by the whole premise of we only use 5% of our brains because that's not true. (laughs) But I'm willing to just accept that and go, you know what, I know it's not true, but that's fine. Let's
0: just accept it. I've heard that argument so many times that I... I, I...
4: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's not true. But it's a cool thing to think about and the idea that even if, you know, yes, we use 99% of our brains... But the concept that you could take a drug that would do all these things is amazing even without a percentage of your brain being used. So I look past that. I'm so excited about the fact that they carried over a lot of like the visuals and the cinematography style yeah. from the movie to the TV show. It looks so good. I love how they're, how they're putting that together. I think it's just beautiful. And I think that was one of my favorite things from, from the, the movie is uh, I'm really, I'm really stoked about uh, Jake would who is the, the star, I think he's great, I think he's, he's a wonderful, likeable, and relatable character, and there's something about watching characters, like it's, it's, uh, it's wish-fulfillment viewing for me, it's watching a show where a guy who doesn't have his shit together. Uh, kind of like really wants to but he just doesn't and you know you feel like oh god in your 30s you should be doing better this. i'm like oh i relate to this so hard and then you know he gets, you know he gets this ability to be insanely smart and aware of everything and have his brain I mean, that is everything that i want i just want to be that i want to be in this show
5: damn it's
0: fiction What. I've wanted it, I've wanted N Z T since the moment it was introduced in Limitless. I think we can all say oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I mean you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think I had this conversation with you briefly after the pilot, and that was like at first I really didn't like his character, but then he grew on me, um, and he and he really has grown on me. Like it's is I I think they made his character very interesting. They I think it was the episode before the when that aired this week where they introduced uh, a prior love interest. So it kind of introduced him in a more mature light. Even though when they made him um, kind of a, 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 an FBI agent, a semi-agent, he walked in with an FBI t-shirt that said "full uh, full body investigator." Yeah. Obviously, it was just that was just you know it, it just speaks to his character. But I thought it was really it was really funny. Yeah, and um, I also like like you
4: say he started off as not an entirely likable character, and in a weird way, I kind of like that. Because you know he he was kind of a screw up, and but then you see that it's it's he's well intentioned, he's got this heart, and there are bits that you don't like, and it just makes him so much more real,
0: and I love that. I I agree. Um, Sarah, what do you think of the chemistry with uh, Brian and Rebecca? Is it something you buy? Is it something that you're going? Okay, this is I can see them as like you know this kind of uh, kind of semi buddy cop. But not really. No,
1: I I think um, I can see their friendship. I don't buy romantic chemistry between those two. If that's what I'm supposed to be getting, then it feels forced to me. Um, What I did like about the one episode I did watch recently was at the end when it seemed like her father could have been the one behind NZT. Is that right? Is that Mm -hmm. what we're supposed to? Yeah. So I I think that's interesting and that's a, a good through line. Um, But that's probably the only moment I really liked in the episode I watched. But um, I did notice the FBI shirt. That was a good call out. Yeah, and I did like that touch too. Uh, My question is, okay, so in these episodes, it's mainly – his name is Brian, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's mainly him talking to, like, another version of himself and just having these intellectual conversations with himself – how long can the show continue to do that for a good amount of the episode and still have viewers be entertained and it just not feel repetitive and um, get a little
4: stale and boring
5: hmm I think that's a good
0: question I, I think
4: know. maybe the one that you saw we got more of that than usual um, and I think it's it's difficult to. Sort of see that that one episode without necessarily know. It. Do you have you seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen the you movie. You have yeah. Because they do that in the movie as well.
1: Um, but that's like a two-hour movie, and we're talking multiple episodes.
4: Yeah, but I think like that was something that they did to carry it over. But we don't. I don't get the the feeling that we see it that that much. We see it every now and then, and it's a it's just a, another way to sort of go. Like, that's not the point of the episode or or Mm -hmm. a gimmick or anything. It's just another visual way to show the effects of NZT in the same way that they do. You know, you'll see him pulling up files and these little boxes appear on the screen or the text messages appearing on the screen or whatever else. It's another visual effect. And because of that, I think that they can do that, you know, ad infinitum without it being a problem, for me anyway.
5: Okay.
0: I think too. I think too. What um, just to add on to what Rose was saying, um, even though they this is what they did in the movie. I mean, you didn't see Bradley Cooper talking to himself, and I think that's maybe one of the things they probably w- might have wanted to do in the movie, but they realized <coughs> because it's not it's a two hour movie. They they can only do so much, so they were able to able to carry it over to the t- TV show. And like you said, Rose, it seems to be like when that happens, it's it's maybe more critical moments when he's having a really hard time about something like on a case and and he just kind of has that part of that NZT part of him that's like telling him oh do this do that do this so it's it's helping him in a way and and I agree it's I don't think it I don't find it gimmicky at all and um, I mean it it's it just pops up every now and then like you said Rose and I think as long as they keep it like that I think it's I think it's right okay. as
1: long as there's a balance i just, I just hope that the writers are cautious of that, and n- not to not make it a gimmick in the long run. I'm a fr- I'm concerned about for the, the writers. Okay,
5: <laughs> I'm trying to be nice.
0: <laughs> Looking out for the writers. You're so nice, Sarah. You're so Piece nice. Of advice. Um. <laughs> uh. And and they're also keeping Eddie Mora, uh, the Eddie Mora character, around. Uh. Bradley Cooper's character from Limitless uh in the background although we're going to introduce some new characters that work for him that are keeping brian in check and making sure that uh he's doing his end of the bargain uh but i, I think in this past week's episode we got a, a kind of a glimpse of of uh bradley cooper coming back to the show uh to check up on brian and find out uh so are you really gonna work for me or am i gonna have to stop giving you the shot and you're gonna die of too much uh nzt um uh, what do you think of that dynamic rose? Do you like uh, seeing Bradley Cooper come back as his character in kind of a different way than we saw him in the movie? I
4: like it. I think it's quite cool. I'm um I'm obviously I'm a fan of Bradley Cooper as an actor. I'm I like the fact that they're connecting it this way and like it's just connected enough and he might pop in every now and then, but it's not <laughs> about him. Um I'm sure that that is financial as a decision more than anything else, but I think it's a really cool thing to see. I'm excited to see how he's changing as a character a little bit, going from the very sympathetic, relatable, sort of protagonist to a shady background villain figure is really cool because, you know, theoretically he's doing all this because he can see how to make the world a better place, and the idea of suddenly becoming this sort of more villainous character in, in aid of making the world better is fascinating. Um, and I'm interested to see where they go with that. The one thing that kind of twitched me about it is that and I'm 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 kind of like making up my own ways of how this works, is that at the end of the movie we sort of got the impression, the the intention that he'd he'd figured out he like he was off it, he was clean. And so the idea is that that now NZT is something and he's figured out a way for other people to use it without dying but surely theoretically he's not on it himself anymore either because that was kind of the point of the movie at the end was that he was clean and it had just rewired his brain to this extreme extent so i wonder if that's going to play into it as well if we're going to see like if his brain was rewired but then he comes off nzt is this now going to affect him going forward does this mean he's not going to be seeing as clearly or like human element's gonna take over his brain again and mean that he doesn't necessarily make the smartest decisions i want that to be explored
0: Hmm, that's a very interesting some very interesting points um especially awkward with,
2: with, silence uh,
0: i know what did i say why is it
2: so quiet
0: wait did you guys oh i'm so sorry i had my my mic because i was coughing <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I just was, I was talking right now and I'm like, why aren't people? Oh, I'm like, what did I say? No one's
4: saying anything. Sorry, did I no, miss no, 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 no. a major that point? Was,
0: like... That was totally my bad. Um, no, no, no I, I was going to say, I, I think that's a really good point you're making. Um, and it really makes you wonder where the Bradley Cooper character is and where Brian's character can go. Um, and, and yeah, I would like to see that explored too. I think it can make for, for very interesting, uh, storytelling with, especially with Brian's character. <clears throat> um all right so that was limitless and, and blind spot we're gonna get into some arrow talk now uh because is arrow i'll just say let me just say this i feel like arrows is is so much stronger than it was uh last season already in the second mm-hmm. episode. um it's, it's <laughs> so much it's so much better i don't know I know a lot of us were kind of down on, not all, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I know a lot of us so were down. You're learning
2: from your open. your mistakes, eh, Pete, not p- putting words in <laughs> other people's mouths. Good.
0: <laughs> ah, you're very funny. Um, let, let me just quickly, uh, somebody tweeted at, uh, I think it was, at, they tweeted at you, uh, Sarah. Um, oh. They said, uh, Arrow's tombstone, it ain't Lance, there would be more wreaths. Uh, with him being a cop, it's not speedy. She would be at the mansion. Right. That's
1: um, kick-ass koala.
0: That's kick at kickass ass koala. Kick-a- koala. Yeah. Thanks for that.
2: Yeah. I've seen that handler before.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so he responded. I know he was. He, he actually tweeted to you and Lauren mm-hmm. about that. I remember. I was um, there.
5: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: shade. <laughs> Man, no. Shade. She showed me. It's okay. She Continue. Um.
2: <laughs> fucking tag. Shade.
0: Uh, now before we get into the episode, um, Agassicles, since it's your first time here, um, did you want to let us know what your theory might be on who's on the tombstone?
3: Uh, if I can remember, so I talked, I talked this over in a Twitter DM with, uh, with GWW entertainment editor Everett Harn and, uh, Who? With the, La- Everett, 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 I know,
5: Everett.
3: I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lance is one of my theories, um, uh, that's the only one I can remember right now. <laughs> if it comes back to me, I'll jump I know back what
1: Everett's in. theory is. <laughs> what is Everett thinks it's Laurel, or he <laughs> wants it to be Laurel desperately. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <He really sighs> wants
0: the thinking. <laughs> oh, let's move on. And he's gonna blow. I, you know, <laughs> he just...
3: actually, actually I'm um, starting to remember. So, so in Everett and I share a few of these. So, one of one of my thoughts was Lance. Another one of my thoughts, or two of my thoughts, are. Uh, the either the kid or the, uh, or the pregnant girlfriend that uh, Morara sent away to Central City
5: mm-hmm.
3: that made a very brief cameo in that episode of Flash. Um, and and the, kid, the kid sprung to mind because it would be a way to emotionally impact and motivate Ollie, um, but have no impact on the continuity of the show and the cast itself.
1: That would be kind of a letdown. And, no, I mean, I agree. If, you, if you're gonna set it up at the right in the first episode and then drag it out over the course of twenty three episodes and not have it um, disrupt the dynamic of the show or drastically shift, that would kind of be underwhelming. Depending on how they do it, I mean.
3: So I think that's you've been wrong. That's interesting. The timeline because you you and Everett kind of came at it from that same angle and, and I was different. And, and when I explained it to Everett, he kind of shifted too. So I have been working under the presumption that because it said six months and, and and in in the sweeps part of the season, they always talk about that it has been a difficult year and it's always been a year on the island. I've been under the mindset that that tombstone scene occurs either at the mid-season climax or, um, I'm sorry, the mid-season finale or, or the mid-season premiere. Um and it will be midway through the season was my thought. Um and and the reason I don't feel that it's a throwaway, um, because they've had they've had the, the pregnant girlfriend show up twice now, um and and reference the child a couple of times. At, at, at least this for me would be a way a way of dealing with it and not just having it hang out in the shadows and not being talked about. But that's just me. Mm-hmm
0: interesting interesting point um okay um well now i don't want to get stuck on the theory so we'll we'll keep going here on uh this past yeah, week's episode I, but thank i'm that.
2: afraid if we keep going on period someone is gonna get upset <laughs> at some point um and yeah me I and andy
1: did funny. a really good job last week we From the did. Theory spiraling, we, so. we did. Pete, I like this
5: one. I like this one. <laughs> uh, yes,
2: uh, yes, I can. Yes. I, I listen back to it. I'm like, oh my god! I kept gushing about her. That's <laughs> that's so me. And you can gush no, on air too. Well now, <laughs> we, we, well now, a rose. a rose is here. They're just kind of like you know. I'm gush. You know, I will start gushing, for her as well and so on because we don't get to Skype as often as we want to and have our random. Random laugh attack was twenty minutes. and inside joke is inside, <laughs> um. But um, no, I think it's. I still think it's Quinton. But I wonder, what if they actually killed the baby?
0: Like the, the kid. Like would they... That would be. That would be intense. would it though. That... I think that might be much. I don't
4: know. I you don't think I, so? No? I sort of feel like I. I kind of wonder how much of a motivator this would be if this is this is a woman that Oliver never particularly loved. This is someone that he, you know, accidentally knocked up, theoretically, as far as we know right now, and then if he sort of learns, he'd have to learn about the baby, or however old this small toddler child is now, and then, because this appeared, like, back in the first season, so the kid's, like, a couple couple years old now, theoretically, right? know
3: It's mm-hmm. older we than that, because see- that, that scene occurred was- before the island, so... Because yeah, it, it was
2: it was season so, two. That was probably like it, it was it was season two flashback, mm-hmm. and it was probably maybe like maybe that meant that it was year you know the the second year you know the, the second year before he went on that boat. So maybe like yeah. he, he, the, the so, kid I mean, is at
4: least case, like the the kid is a kid. It is a small human at this point. And Oliver, theoretically, (laughs) as opposed to like a larval human, like a small functioning human. Um,
2: I don't get what we're laughing at, but okay.
4: um, (laughs) Tiny humans. Just laughing. And so he theoretically doesn't know about this child still. So he'd have to like find the child, find a way to like start connecting with it. And then find the loss of it in order for that to be a huge impact. Otherwise, this is a sad thing of like, oh, apparently I had a kid and now I don't and I never get to meet it. And well, that's quite sad. But I, given everything else that he's dealt with, I do not see that as being like comparatively massive at all. And maybe that's just, you know, maybe that's informed by the fact that I don't have kids or that I just, I just don't see the idea of going like, you had a child and now they're dead and this and given, you know, your family's dead, your father's dead, you've gone through the island, your sister's been brought back from the dead, all of these other things. Comparatively, I don't see it, that being a huge deal, but I still think it's the as well. So. so,
3: so I'll say as a parent and, and, and a guy who many women probably would claim that I fathered their children, um, that, uh, Nobody got that as a joke. So, <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs>
3: ha, 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 ha. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying it because of those reasons. I'm saying it because I, I think the, you know the the Oliver that we're seeing in season four. I think we're supposed to believe um, as a character has has moved a significant threshold shift from what and who he was through the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and and one of the things about about Arrow and Oliver is is always this appreciation of human life at least the ones that are innocent and are not culpable of um, of inflicting, inflicting pain on others and so I I feel like he would be impacted by um, the realization that he has a child particularly when he finds out that his evil mother is the one who sent the child and the mother away um, and then and then to have the that child <laughs> 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 and then to have that child quickly taken away from him I th- I feel like it would be an impact
4: I feel like, oh yeah, it would be an impact I just don't think it would be a huge impact I feel like they have bigger plans for this child than just to do that with it I don't think it would be big enough for it to, to build up this background possibility for two seasons and then not really do anything more with it than use it as a device to show that Oliver is sad and has another reason to dislike his mother
3: you're right. The, the plan for the child, I think, is for it to actually become Robin. Even though there's not a Batman.
1: Anymore. No, isn't it supposed to be Con- Connor Hawk? Connor
3: Hawk. Yeah. Jinx.
4: Like that's that's what's, <laughs>
1: that's what's going good on. Good luck trying, with trying that. to get a coke
5: all the way in. Alaska.
2: <laughs> I'm sending um, you by uh, Amazon Express press.
0: Okay. Okay. There I'll work go. on that. Um.
2: That's how we do it.
0: Good, good theories, guys. That's good. That was
2: oh, good bi- theory, oh, by the way, this week's episode. So you want to talk about that, Pete? How? You-
0: yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we just kind of want to get through this little episode this past week. You know, no big deal. <laughs> um, so you know, we start off the episode with the the gang overrun. Like Team Arrow is just kind of their Team they're, Green they're fighting, Arrow, if I may. Team. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Team Green Arrow uh, is just overrun with bad guys. Like they, every time they they seem to take down some guys, more pop up. It's just never ending. And then on the top of that, you have Thea starting to kind of lose it a little bit. She's she's slowly, that that part of her wit, that we were told about um, that would pop up after she was resurrected and end of Parbat, um, it's starting to kind of take shape a little bit. We're starting to see it a little. Uh, Sarah, what did you think of, of, of how the team was overrun and, and how the dynamic worked with Thea just kind of? almost getting to the point where she would kill someone. It's
1: about time, right, for her to go a little crazy after the Lazarus pit. We got so many warnings from Malcolm that finally we're starting to see them, as slow as that was. Um, what What I noticed in that opening sequence is how removed Oliver was from it. He was just high up above watching everyone, and then he cracked a smile when Thea took somebody down and then got concerned because she kept beating him. <laughs> Um, so that's what I thought was interesting. And then there, and I hate to admit this, but it was pretty badass when um, Oliver shot that arrow and then Canary jumped off and used her baton to sling down to the ground. But yeah, I here, thought here, here yeah, was that, that was awesome. such, oh, such a good yeah. sequence. I that. Um, so I like that. And um, Felicity needs a code name. Let's get on that. <laughs>
2: Oh I God. still <laughs> like, I still wish they could have said Oracle. I, a lot of fans disagreed with me when I was like, I
0: would have thought about Smallville, though. I would have been like, it's Smallville. Well, Watchtower, not Oracle. You're a fan of well, Smallville. Yeah, well, oh, dude, okay, never mind, never Speaking, mind.
2: speaking of Smallville, at the time of recording, did on this day, on October 16, 2001, 14 years ago from the day, Small had its uh, series premiere. Oh,
4: um, really? That's cool. Yeah. I wow. And I still haven't finished watching the whole thing. <gasps> Damn. Where the years. fuck
2: are you in the in the season?
4: I I'm <laughs> for season nine. Okay, I'm nearly there. Oh, that,
2: that's, that's, that's okay. oh you're getting really oh, you're good. You're, you're, you're getting enough. really good stuff done.
1: Speaking of good so stuff. back to
2: you. <laughs> when the when season eight arrived, that's when the show really started to become more DC related.
4: Anyway, anyway, but yes, no, but you're, Pete, you're thinking of Watchtower as Chloe.
0: Yes, that's what I was thinking of, sorry. My bad. No worries. Okay. (laughs) Sarah, go ahead. No,
1: um, did anybody else think it was extremely weird that Laurel didn't know what happened to Speedy in the Lazarus pit?
2: No, I don't think it was weird because... Oliver was a douchebag in season three, and why would he ever tell Laura about things? You know, to, you know.
1: I'm not yeah, talking about Oliver telling her. Yeah, she Thea's been so living her.
2: with her for, like,
3: what, six, eight, nine months now, and it never came up.
4: Right, and she's well, obviously Thea close with she didn't Deagle. did want to talk about it. Thea said she didn't want to talk about it after that.
1: And why didn't Deagle or Felicity tell her? Felicity wasn't there. She was with Oliver. Well, mm-hmm. she yeah, she went away, but, okay, remember at the end of 3.20... When um, Oliver stays with the League of Assassins, and then Felicity comes back, and she gets comforted by Laurel. Now, did Laurel ever think to ask, "Oh, why isn't Oliver coming back?"
3: I well, mean, it's, I mean, I mean, Disp- dispense with the Lazarus Pit. What, what she telegraphed in that episode is she wasn't even aware that Thea had been seriously injured. Yeah, right? I mean, it
1: just—it just seemed weird. Like, yeah. and and I and I kind of got, um, I kind of felt resentful for Laurel because we had to listen to the explanation or the exposition of something we already knew as viewers, not once but twice. Because Laurel, um, Thea, and Oliver had the conversation in the Arrow Cave, and then Laurel goes back to the apartment, and Thea and her have the same conversation again, and so that just really bothered me because it was repetitious and exposition we already knew about.
3: Right. Although, I, I'll admit, the only thing I need is for Katie Cassidy to show up on screen to have any negative feelings about Laurel. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I will say, I, I, guess, uh, I guess maybe I gave that a pass because... Would you
2: like to, would you like to run that one more time?
1: <laughs> I mean, I understand why the writers did it, because they don't want viewers to um, look back at season three and say, well, why didn't Laurel dig up Sarah's body during season three? Why did she wait so long before doing it? So I can understand that reason. I just didn't appreciate hearing that same speech twice. So well,
3: like I just, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, ambivalent about it because I, I i didn't mind I didn't mind her not knowing because that mm-hmm. left the motivator open for right. the reveal that we see near the end of the episode, and I, and I did get very excited about that. Although mm-hmm. I still. Question: The whole, hey, let's just let's just take people willy nilly and throw them in this pit to resurrect <laughs> them that we really don't know, understand, or know anything about. I'm not quite certain that that would be the general approach,
0: but uh, but whatever. Well, we know talk- it needs to happen for Legends right, of Tomorrow. So,
1: right, exactly. Yeah,
0: let's. I was gonna say, let's talk about that real quick because there there seemed to be a lot of talk on Twitter about that final scene where they dig up Sarah's body and they actually show Sarah's body. Um, there was a lot of people who were like, really? Like, did you have to show the body? Uh, Rose, what did you think of, of that? Did, was, it, was it that shocking? Did they have to show it or was it like, okay, well, that's, that's about right? I, I,
4: I felt like they had to show it because I was honestly expecting them to open the grave and have the body not be there and have her having been taken away by someone else much closer to the time of her death and already be resurrected somewhere or other. Just because, from what I know of the Lazarus Pit, you have to go in pretty soon to the time of death. Otherwise, you get, like, insane zombieage going on. like
3: Or your body needs to be decently preserved. I, I exactly.
4: Damien yeah. Wayne. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, from just a, a practical source material perspective, I expected that someone else had already done it, and we were going to be reintroduced to Sarah, possibly in Nanda Parbat, when Thea went back to figure out what was going on with her. Sarah would be like, I have learned through the past, you know, two years of meditation in these caves how to deal with it. Something. Um, so I thought it was necessary to see her body, because otherwise I wouldn't have believed that this was happening as in, in a way that's so straightforward, that is just that Laurel is going to... Plunge on in like a raging moron. Sorry, Andy, and like just, just throw
2: her. You know, you you do know. For- I have some S M cards up my sleeves of to show that Laurel isn't isn't the only character that can do stupid things on this show.
4: No, she isn't the only one that can do stupid things, but oh my God, does she do a lot of them? And but like and like this is the thing. She's going to non Parbat with Thea because she recognizes that Thea has come back like wrong to borrow from Buffy for that. And that she's like, there's a problem and that it probably shouldn't have happened. And we don't know if there's a way to fix it yet. And we know that they can get to Amanda Parbat fairly easily and quickly because they do it a lot. So like, come on, figure out Thea, then maybe consider tossing your sister in the pit because like, I think they're going to have to put Thea down. That is my overarching theory on this, is that they are going to have to put Thea down because of the effects of the Lazarus pit. And, like, why Why would you not figure that out before
2: bringing... Well, well I have a counter-response to that, and so on. I think I even said it in my review on TV. I remind this week, is that... Okay, look. It's obviously a risk, for sure. But think about it. If you would found out that there is a way to bring... Let's say, you you know, God forbid... That you have a, a sibling or a parent that, die, that gets brutally murdered, it, you know, has never done a single wrong in, in their entire life. They were completely innocent. You find there's a way you can bring them back. You, would you not do the same thing?
4: No, I learned from Buffy and zombie movies.
2: No, 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 no. no. <laughs>
3: Pet, pets, pet cemetery uh, I mean, you we. know like, I've,
4: I've, <laughs> okay. learned, I've learned no, 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 no. from Obviously, every story I'm... of resurrection ever told ever that it is not a smart thing to do I've learned from Buffy if... from Supernatural from everything else it is against the natural okay. order to bring people back from the if dead
2: exclude you know? all your TV and movie experiences, though and just be in the moment where you have the opportunity to bring back someone that you love would you not take it because exactly. that's what Oliver did. All
4: the things that make up my knowledge and awareness and opinions, and then ask me what I would do. That's like saying, well, the, "Okay, well, thank you, but case, not your personality."
2: Well, and so you're telling it. me, so you, you're telling me that Laurel should have watched Buffy and just, you know, been like, "Oh, but you know, it didn't work well for Buffy, so I probably shouldn't bring back Sarah."
4: No, I think that if she was smart enough to have any concept of fantasy, horror, right and wrong, religion, etc., there is a lot in all of that to go, maybe I should just take a step. Like, not I shouldn't do it at all, maybe I should take a breath and figure everything out about it first. Not even, ignore even resurrection. That's how you should approach pretty much everything that is a major decision in your life, is not blindly barreling in, but by figure like doing a little teeny bit of research first go talk to Merlin for like 20 minutes and well, say me... is this possibly the worst idea ever and he'd go yes yes it is and then we,
2: think we... about that Well let me guess i guess if if Felicity had done that I exact mean, thing then i wish, I'm, I'm sure she would have been worshipped like crazy for it
4: uh, No I, like, I mean, think that's stupid she's
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm on board than with
4: That it. that's why she's
3: awesome I'm on board with Rose's opinion. I think it's a it's a philosophical choice, and 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 even if you do, you know, do the blind nil and disregard, you know, all the exposure to fiction, um, you know, there, there there are people who elect to not do things that they perceive are, as Rose said, like against the natural order. I I wear glasses. I have not gotten LASIK surgery because I feel like somebody decided that I'm not supposed to have perfect eyesight. So I deal with wearing glasses and contacts. Being that I don't get LASIK surgery, I don't think I would go to resurrect anyone, right? <laughs> You know, there's, you know, pe- pe- people are designed to live a finite period of time. Life, in fact, while enjoyable, is also painful to a certain extent. I don't necessarily know that once somebody is released from it that that individual wants to be brought back. Um, that person's not making that choice. I mean, there's, there's a host of philosophical reasons that I think a lot of people, um, you know, could potentially make the choice to, to not bring something somebody yeah. back.
4: And and she's meant to be a hero. Like this is the thing Black Canary is meant to be a superhero. And superheroes are meant to, you know, struggle with these decisions but ultimately make the like the better decision, the greater good decision, put the people first, make the decision for the greater good. And that and this is Laurel just acting selfishly. This isn't her considering what the greater good could be. This is her going, I want my sister back.
3: And I mean, even put it back in superhero terms, right, so Thea was a little screwed up, she goes into the Lazarus pit, and she's really fucked up right now, right? Sarah was already really fucked up, right? Like, seriously twisted before she was even an assassin in the League, and Laurel's making the decision to go drop her in the pit and bring her back out, you know, which theoretically should have major repercussions, but... I, again, it's a thing that has to happen
2: to support Legends of Tomorrow. Plus so there's also you yeah. find that John Constantine is coming in and so, so, maybe there is a way they're gonna be able that they're gonna be able to fix that side of Legends and so yes, there's gonna be some you know consequences for for Sarah on Legends as White Canary, but like I, I don't, know, I, I don't see the reason why Laurel is getting so much crap for this and so when I in fact it's. I bet you're at that anyone that would get an opportunity would take it and bring back their you know their loved one i you know I think anyone who says that they wouldn't are dead lying to themselves,
0: yeah, I mean this is I think we're getting a little off track. I think it's a little, becoming like kind of a a personal thing which I can understand, but keeping it in the context of Arrow, she's definitely doing it because she wants to see her sister again it's obviously gonna push the story of legends of tomorrow so. Which is going to be interesting. Now, one of the inter- now one of the really cool things I, I liked in the uh, the episode this past week was Anarchy and how he's working with Damien Dark. Um, Sarah, what did you think of, of of these two characters working together and um, how Damien Dark just I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but he continues to seem. Like-
1: Yeah, I really liked Anarchy in this episode, and I'm glad he's gonna probably show up in a few more this season. Um, he reminded me of Count Vertigo from season one in that like theatrical sense of his performance. Um, so I appreciated that, and he and there was balance between him and Damien Dark, and I like how Damien Dark, um, in response to Anarchy's. um theatrics he um he came off as having a a code of his own which is even more scary considering he's a villain in this show um and they're always the worst ones are you guys there yeah okay yeah, good sure, okay. no was saying anything and i'm just no, we're listening i cut right. off
0: <laughs> no 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 you're we're okay. listening to you you're making good
1: I try. So Um, so I appreciated that. I also thought it was interesting how Damien... um, We saw the evolution of a... Or the start of a villain this episode with Anarchy. And how through his conversations with Damien Dark and Damien not allowing him to join the evil club, I guess. The hive of evilness. um, He got pissed off. And then Thea... Um, lit him on fire, and so he's not just um, later when he shows up in the in the later on in the season. He's not just going to be against Oliver and Thea. He's going to be against Damien Dark too. And this is the first time we've had that type of dynamic in the show.
0: Um, Andy, are you a big fan of Anarchy and and the Arrow as one of the as one of Arrow's uh, bad guys? What do you think of this character in the show?
5: I
2: like when he was uh, when Fia put fire on him. Um, this guy was so boring, so so generic, and I, I was like, you know, oh, just shut up already. It's like, you know, it didn't feel refreshing. I was kind of like, maybe it's there's a reason why we shouldn't keep bringing in Batman Bell all the time to Arrow. But um, I don't know. I guess he's gonna come back. Sadly, uh, maybe he will get more interesting when he puts on a damn costume or something. I no, I just, <laughs> I did, I I didn't. I didn't find him interesting. Um, um, I just didn't. Um, there was another DC character though in this episode that I was really happy with the, the, the introduction, but I guess we were waiting with that.
1: You thought that introduction was terrific?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that pun.
1: <laughs> I know, I'm losing all my
4: points with you tonight, Andy. I'm sorry. Uh, I love well, I- anarchy but you know did this bother anyone else that when we got when he, when he burst out of the or when he ran like escaped from the, um, the van and so we're seeing uh, I believe it was Lance and the other one with, and they look at the anarchy symbol painted on the van and this woman this officer is like I've never seen that symbol before <laughs> what could it mean kidding
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, me yeah. it's the anarchy yeah.
4: symbol come on come on woman I that really I wanted to smack her upside the head for that one
3: well, so the, the big the big problem I had with the use of, of that character, um, and I apologize if this will ruin it for some people or listeners, is you know in the, in the comics, and, and I'm not a comic book purist,
2: however. Um, there's yeah, a you, particular... know, you seem to know about anarchy in the comics. <laughs> How is it going to be?
3: Yeah, well, so in the comics, he was introduced in the late 80s, I think, primarily as kind of a, a, a neo-philosophist kind of character who was supposed to represent like an anti-government movement. So he is not an evil character. He is certainly not a murderer in the comics. He is far from it. He's very much kind of an anti-hero, anti-villain. Um he goes around and mucks stuff up, but he's kind of more of a nuisance. Um and and he's much more of an activist in the comics than he is a villain. So so they've how they've thrust him into this series is a major shift from what he was and has always been in the comics. The reason it causes me some concern, again, because I'm not a comic book purist, I'm okay with characters being rewritten, but I have a significant amount of despite despite, despite for the way Marvel makes villains by aggregating um, multiple villains from the comics. And I'm like, it's okay to make a new villain. It's okay to make a new dude. If you're not going to do the fan service by actually making the character what they were in the comic, then don't simply use them for the branding. Um, and I kind of feel like that's what they've done here. They 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 could have introduced just a completely different character instead of creating that nostalgic linkage um, without actually following through.
2: What if he's just playing Damien? Like, what if he's like you know suppo- you know what if he actually is playing him and we might see that classical side of him from the comics and so on?
4: Yeah, I I wonder if maybe this we're seeing the real birth of anarchy as we're seeing him as um. This is the the thing that makes him hate the big organizations and the big corporations. Is a, as a reaction to the fact that he's rejected by them and rejected by Hive, may sort of create his his raison d'être as anarchy is by being cast out of the the corporation side of villainy. I mean, he they, would still be a villain, but I, I feel like that could happen.
3: They could have a different
2: origin, basically.
3: They could sure. certainly play on elements of it and and, and, and you know, I absolutely agree they would probably go that route um it's just that again in the, in the in the comics he specifically had a code against killing people um and whereas on the show he is just a blatant psychopath serial killer yeah. <laughs> um you know just violently i mean violently and horrifically murdering people um and I'm like, yeah, just just yeah, call him something fair. else. <laughs> Like
2: I I don't <clears> mind them, you know, whenever they take in characters from the comics and kind of give them a little bit of a slight different take and so on. Like, look, I get the whole thing of, you know, we'll then just make cre- a completely new character and so on. Well, the thing is, from what I've seen out of any of these comic book shows and so on, it seems to work a lot better for the shows when they're using characters from the comic book zone, even if the... the Let's say fifty percent of the audience doesn't even read the comments, so yet it seems to engage with them. For some reason, it's like whenever they create a new villain, it's like those are the ones that are, like least impactful impactful in at the end and so on. Like I remember, like when David Anders from iZombie was on the show, he played like you know, like you know, he's a super big star, whatever, and so on, but he played, like, a completely new character, and so on, that was just a one-off, and no one really, like, he was never really something memorable. But that's why I think they try, you know, you know, like, they try to uh, invest um, on uh, the complicators characters they have, but just maybe adding new sides to him, and so on. And like I said, he could very well, you know, become, like, you know, a double agent, and kind of, like, you know, trick uh, um, Damien at some point, and kind of be that type of character you're describing
0: that's a good point Um, any final thoughts on Arrow before we move on to the Flash anybody
2: I love Mr. Terrific
0: (laughs) cool cool anybody else yeah Mr.
4: Terrific was awesome to see that sort of appearing Um, I just I'm, I'm really stoked about what Arrow was doing with this new season so far
5: yeah,
0: it's definitely been strong, like I said in the beginning, and uh, I'm I'm really liking what they're doing. I hope I'm hoping um, to
2: see him. The, the one thing I do hope about Curtis Hole is that he is not just limited to have scenes with just Felicity and all right, I want to see him interact right, with all of them.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 sure they will. Uh, well, I I hope they will, but uh, maybe just because I'm my faith is, is starting to be restored back. Yeah, in the well, era, that's the same with me too. I that, that's that's
2: really, I'm taking baby steps that and so on uh, because. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I wanted this show to be about all of them, not just about yeah. two specific people, <laughs> and and a, and a stupid fern.
3: And I'll, speaking of, no, I'll just say, just just to throw it out as a point of clarification, I, I said a lot of things that may have sounded negative about Arrow, but but I'm I'm up on Arrow in in, in my weekly uh, tiebreaker between Arrow and Flash. Uh, I preferred this week's episode of Arrow over this week's episode of Flash.
0: So speaking of the Flash, um, we had quite an episode this week where we got to see two flashes work together, which was pretty awesome. Uh, Jay Garrick uh, played, a, played a pretty prominent role in this week's episode, uh, helping Barry uh, try to defeat the Sand Demon. Um, Sarah, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> how did it? S- <clears throat> sorry, how did it sit with you? With uh, ah, can't even talk. <clears throat> how did it sit with you? Being that Barry did not trust Jay but everyone else did.
1: Um, I liked that because it's not dismissing what happened in the previous season between him and Harrison Wells, which, which was extremely traumatic. Um, and I, I think I would think less of the show if it didn't have these lasting side effects to Barry and how he trusts people, especially when Barry has those conversations with Jay in this episode, and he basically explains to him that you used to have speed force and now you want to help me um, learn how to use mine. And I've been through this before. And the last time somebody approached me like that, he killed my mom. So I, I think that is reason to mistrust somebody. Um, and I think it's interesting that not only did we see that with Barry this episode, but a little bit with Cisco and his new powers and um, how he's afraid of them Beca- and he points out, like Harrison Wells did this, and Harrison Wells is evil, so this can't be good. And that kind of logic. Um, so I, I really appreciate that, and I like those kind of um, emotional reper- repercussions.
0: Uh, Rose, did you enjoy the uh, banter between uh, Barry and Jay once they really kind of got uh, their stuff together and started to work together? I did. I thought we
5: really found the game,
4: like Sarah said. I. Could- for a sense that he didn't trust him right off the bat. I think if he had it, it would have showed his character didn't go from last season. And I like I really enjoyed the very end when they were just like, Oh, so they call you a Scarlet Speedster. He's like, Yeah, what's yours? That was really fun and um I really enjoyed that. I also loved we have to mention the whole uh the fact that they recreated the cover of
5: Flash
2: yes.
4: of the in one yeah, scene. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh amazing.
0: Nerd Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really, really cool um, The way they created that Because that image was in my head When they were doing that It was, just, I'm sure just like you guys You could see it in your head And then watching it come to life Was really, really cool <clears throat> um, You know, there's a lot of talk about Zoom But we really haven't got to learn About Zoom yet uh, um are you familiar with Zoom And his role in Flash's universe? Uh,
3: I... I- I, I am loosely. Uh, I'm not. I'm not familiar with it at a super detailed level. Uh, the the only thing I could, uh, the only brief thing I'll say about it is. Uh, and Sarah always knows so much stuff. So don't let's not immediately dispose of my theory and concern. <laughs> but, uh, um, what? <laughs> my my only thing is I would I would really hate if Zoom is just the Harrison Wells from Earth Two. I
2: think that would be kind of fun. It's, that's not going to be the case. No.
0: Well, okay, that's interesting. Let's talk about that real quick. Who, okay, so Rose, you are for Harrison Wells, but Agasque, Sarah, and Andy are not for Harrison Wells' Zoom, right? Or is is that what I'm getting from everybody right. now? Pretty
5: much. I'm not like, I'm not okay. absolutely
0: desperate for that to be the case, but I
2: think if they did create that, I would
0: be happy about it. Um. That's interesting. I mean, it makes me wonder who else could it be? Could it be uh um... Smoke
2: from Earth 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god. Oh man. Oh, that would make so many people mad. It would, that would... Isn't there a Psych-
1: future Barry who's a psychopath in the comic books? Like a Blue Flash from like 20 years in the future? The
2: doesn't most... get, he doesn't get psycho. He's just that in his um down like in the future, and so on. Um, spoiler for anyone who hasn't read those issues: um, Wally has gets has had been brutally murdered a few years prior to that. Mm-hmm. And it's so they he goes back. That future Barry goes back in time to try and like right. fix certain things, and he sends back present Barry <laughs> into some kind of Speed Force universe and so on. But um, but that but that future Barry is not from a different universe. It's from the same the earth that Deathberry lives on and so on. I think that Zoom we're talking about is someone that is, you know, that's from a completely different universe.
0: Okay. Um, now, I have a quick question. Um, I'm not sure anybody can answer this, but when we see Zoom talking to uh, Sand Demon, is it in Earth 1 or Earth 2? And <laughs> to connect, to add on to that question, why is, if, if he is in Earth 1 telling Sand Demon to kill Flash, why is it that he has his powers there and Jay doesn't? Well,
2: Zoom has probably um can um cut off the, uh, Jay's connection to the speed force and so on. That's one of the things that Zoom is known for being able to do is that he can kind of he can kind of um he can kind of kill a connection between a speedster and the speed force. Um and this is me telling you know describing it in very loose terms so because it's much more complicated than that. But um but we basically learned zoom you know his mission is that he wants to be the only speedster in the whole multiverse, so he's going from one earth to another to kind of like make sure that no that there's no other more species than him so um but you know but, but look we you know it's episode two we're not supposed to have all the answers yet, but yeah
0: that's true that's true although i uh, seeing as that's his motive, it would have been interesting to see him meet uh uh before dawn, that would have been quite. Uh, he could, that could have been quite look, the. we uh, had twenty
2: <laughs> one more episodes. It could still happen.
0: I never know. That's very you never true. know. That's the be- that's the beauty of the multiverse. Um, I guess, please. What did you think of the Sand Demon? Did you like this uh, metah- metahuman from Earth Two? Um, did you think uh, him just kind of being offed by Barry was just like, and eh, he was just kind of something to help kind of progress the story, but then. Just be a villain for one episode.
3: So, so, so this is going to break the uh, break the tide wall here a bit into my overall feeling. This episode, uh, I wasn't super crazy about um, the villain this week. I, I expect that to happen over the course of the show. When you're a show mm-hmm. that does the whole villain of the week format, I mean, it's just gonna, you're going to get some mediocre ones in there. Right. Um, I I thought it was problematic for me how kind of casually. Uh, they killed him, and didn't really deal with that at all um, in dialogue. Uh, but but overall, but, and, and that just like I said, it bleeds into my 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 feeling about this episode overall. I just it feels it felt like a throwaway episode. It, it felt age it, is it very average, and it seemed like. I would definitely say it felt like it was scripted by two different writers or two different writing teams. One team was told, "Hey, get some filler in and like get the the 37 minutes of this episode, you know, done." But you guys on the A team, what I really need you to do is you need to write the last five minutes of the show where we're going to drop like a half dozen freaking reveals. <laughs> here's,
2: yeah. a fun- here's a fun- here's a funny part: the, the guy, the guys who wrote this episode, they're actually they're actually uh, siblings. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Aaron helping and Todd helping, so um. Okay.
0: Nice little trivia there. Um, No,
2: no, it's called flashbacks, Pete. Mm -hmm. Thank you,
0: thank you. I like that. I like that.
3: Uh, But yeah, that was my 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 problem with it, and, and, and I'm, you know, I've got my eye out for areas where I'm concerned the Flash could could start to fall apart. As good of a show as it is, and and one of those is that I I feel like this show better than The Arrow. I feel like they do. Um, they do mystery better, and I feel like they do this this stretching a suspense theme um, uh, throughout a whole season and, and dropping these dribs and drabs uh, at the end of each show. However, my concern with that is if we get to a point where the core show becomes mediocre and and it's all about those last two to five minutes of the show, I, I think that's a problematic formula. And And what I felt this week was that I was... Kind of bored during the first thirty-seven minutes of the show, and then and then my jaw was just on the floor um, for the last five minutes. I liked all those reveals, but I was like, ah, "Man, you know the but." But I I could have not watched like the first thirty-seven minutes of the episode this week.
2: I'm completely like on that, but op- I'm I'm completely um, on the other side of that. I, you know, for example, last week I don't know if I made it clear when I was on the show, but I. You know, I did enjoy the Arrow premiere a little bit better than I did the Flash one, but I, I was like this week, enjoyed this episode of Flash alone in it with Arrow, and I don't know, I I have a very hard time seeing Flash falling apart. The only way it would do that is if they did any of the bullshit that happened in season 3 of Arrow. And, and hopefully they will never do that, because God forbid for that shit for to happen again. I've never been so devastated of a TV show for 23 episodes, so... Um, like, it would have to go to that level for Flash to get... bad. Um, and... Uh, but, no, no. I kind of
3: agree, but the only thing is... And it's the thing I'm keeping in mind. They have, they have put their neck in the noose by allowing time travel so early and injecting Earth 2. That, that's a sand trap that has to be very meticulously maneuvered around because if it goes Star Trek... And the trope for everything is to retcon everything using time travel, and to dispense with anything using the MacGuffin of, you know, Earth One and Earth Two. The, again, that I, I think that be, it, they're at the risk of us always questioning whether or not anything that we see happen on the screen, whether or not it's going to be relevant because there's a mechanism to always dispense with it, and that's what I'm, what I worry about.
2: Well, the thing is, I. Don't say anything. They're anything. they you know that they're doing this. Season. I don't think it's it's about retconning. and so. I mean, look, it, there's a reason why it's worked so well in flash comics for so many years. So it's only been a couple of times when they do major retcons, like you know, Flashpoint and Crisis on Infinite Earth and stuff like that. It's not. It's not like we're going to see minor redcons on an weekly basis. Uh, and I don't like I, said, I don't even think that's the what they're like the characters' go goal, The goals of the characters. Is not to retcon something in their universe. I think it's right now trying to figure out how to sub zoom, how to get Jay back to his Earth, and and whatnot, and and like even the thought of retcon has 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 probably not even crossed their mind. It probably won't. Uh, It probably will be an accident if anything.
3: Well, except except they did it in season one, twice. That. not necessarily twice, but but two major things. Two major things were impacted by the retcon that they did in season one, which is which is Cisco not dying. I'm happy about that. I certainly don't want Cisco to die, and and the whole in the whole thing with Iris um, and him in her being in love with him, but then not being in love with him in the retcon and, and that stuff.
0: I I, I agree. I, I I agree with what you're saying. I, I see your point. I, I think my only my only counter argument to that would be um, I think if you're worried about the retcon I think you should I think the worry should really be how the retcon is handled um, going forward um, how they handle the story and the characters um, and 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 not just kind of doing things just out of convenience um, and, you know everything that happened as a result of Barry going back um uh in time you know and, rec- and and you know restarting everything in that episode um I can't remember the title of out of episode time. now but out of time thank you um everything else it, it kind of moved everything towards another purpose I felt like everything worked well and nothing was um nothing was I guess out of convenience or or fan service does that make sense like they it, it just <laughs> It all flows together without falling apart. I guess no,
3: I'm I I agree, and 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 yes, and I think we're we're saying the same thing. I, all I'm saying is that the 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 risk is there because they've they've allowed for a lever that they can pull, and at, mm-hmm. at, at a time when maybe they're compressed on schedule, maybe a writer is sick, yeah. maybe something has gotten all janked up, and so they have to you know hot foot and move things around in order to keep the production schedule. Um, and what you guys are saying is. Yeah, they've opened that door, but but we have confidence that they won't go down that path. And I agree. It's just it it's it's just that the cat's out of the bag, right? You you know you've you've gone to the box and you can now see Schrodinger's cat. So you've now you know in, injected the possibility that the cat is actually dead.
0: Very true. Very Wait, good point. So did um, you have like a
2: did you have a problem basically with the with that first episode when they did uh, the the retcons of Cisco dying and um, Iris and Mary committing their feelings to each other
3: i i i didn't have a pro. i didn't have a problem with the events that unfolded i i have a i have a i have a bit of a problem with the progression and the continuity i i just i just feel like in the show overall that bear that barry's power level has been increased
2: too quickly i
3: mean i i feel i feel like you well, have taken... he is
2: a fly. He's supposed to go fast. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, sh- right.
3: he's, he is supposed to go What's fast, the but a lot of the powers and the ability... Uh, there was a point in the season where a lot of the powers and the abilities that he's discovered he has were, like, dropping, like, every week. He was, like, learning a new thing. And, you know, in the comics, some of those capabilities are used very rarely. Um, over the course of the comics, a lot of those powers are in, are introduced over the course of decades. Now, comics is a different pace and production cycle. I don't expect them, you know, they're not going to be around for a 20 season run. But my point is that I I felt like they could have waited to introduce him getting to the power level where he could break the time barrier in the season two or three, not necessarily in season one. That's all.
0: Well, Harrison Wells was, was kind of pushing Barry to go fast, yeah. you know, not trying to be not trying to, pun- try to do the whole pun thing there. But I mean, that's what he was doing. He was he kept he was making sure Barry was was gaining more p- power, and and you know he knew where he had to be for his own uh, his own right. agenda. So no, I totally agree with you. But I think um, I think if you look at what Harrison Wells, how much of the effect he had on on Barry's character in that first season. A lot of that can probably be seen because of what Harrison of Harrison was. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I think we need to I mean, yeah. start
2: using Eobor and Harrison because I, it's like I keep yeah, oh it, yeah, it,
0: it, <laughs> <laughs> keep doing that. I just it's like when it's like when Colson says sky, but it's yeah, like, and,
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> I just want Kavanaugh back so he can say run, Barry,
5: run. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: exactly. <laughs> well, he well as of exactly. this week, he's he's back and he's probably going to get into Earth uh, one at some point and. Um, But it's probably going to be a real Harrison Wells, but whether he's a good Harrison Wells or a bad Harrison Wells will remain to be seen.
0: Um, Now, uh, we got to meet a new character who is going to be pretty prominent throughout the whole season, and that was uh, Patty Spivitt, um, who I I really enjoyed her character. I thought she was really cool. I thought it was really cute the way she followed. She she had this kind of... um, fangirl thing with uh barry allen and the flash um and i know amy said this yeah on if podcast, you Andy, actually but,
2: said but... word by word i was like <laughs> this i'm getting the ju- i wasn't
0: i wasn't trying to copy her either
2: like i don't now. mind hey, if if she if she minds and you know that's her that's, that's your problem people for me it's am you know copy whatever you want to do um
0: no but i mean i mean they she didn't realize hey that's the that's the flash and that's barry um, they're the same person, but i'm I, I, I respect them equally. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, Rose, what did you think of of patty spivet and and um and her character in in uh, this? The I think
4: one? that she's really cute. I think that she's adorable. I really appreciate her. i um I think she's gonna be a really different character and potential love interest for Barry and I think he needs a new one and I think that's kind of sweet and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go by that and I think it was really cool for him to see that moment when she was like I'm a big fan and he's like wait what oh my god no does she know the secret and then suddenly we're reminded that like Barry Allen is still Barry Allen like he actually does have an entire like a job which a lot of, like, like uh, in Arrow, a lot of them don't. That is their job as being a superhero. And it's like, you know, he has a job that he does every day and this entire other persona, and I really want to see a little bit more of that. I'm excited to see, like, more of Barry Allen rather than Flash
0: Barry Allen. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Sarah, what did you think of... Did you see... Um, or did you like how they introduced, uh, both characters to each other without kind of forcing, I mean, you know that they want to have these two have some sort of romantic interest moving forward. Did you think it was, you could see that go, you could see that at that moment or just, this was just a nice little introduction.
1: Um, well, when you know about who she is in the comics, you kind of just see her and you're like, okay, I see where they're going with that. Um, and it was it was a nice introduction. I didn't really care for her character that much until the very end when she tells Joe why she wants to be on the task force, and that speech and that monologue was so well done. very well written, well acted. and I appreciated it because she made a lot of good points about her abilities of just being a regular, human being and not powerful and how it in this world they've created and they're living in there are, there are people who have now the abilities to do extraordinary things who are not good people. And that's a very interesting point that I've never, um, I never thought about it before or looked at it from that angle. So um, that moment I really liked her. I, I, I know Barry's going to end up with Iris, so I I find it very hard to ship in this show as opposed to Arrow. (laughs) Um, So something about Iris, though, that stuck out to me is I know they're making a point for her to be in the lab this year. I just wish that we would see her doing things in the lab rather than just standing there and motivating Barry, which I think is very one dimensional and I don't like. I want to see her like first season. I was I, I was bittersweet towards iris um but then the grod episode happened and she her skills as a journalist were really used well for them to figure out where grod was in the city and i like that so i want to see her back in the newsroom and to use her skills as a journalist to track down some of these metahumans rather than her just standing around in the lab with everyone else and not being used um so that's those are my some of my thoughts.
0: <laughs> very cool. Um, now, uh, just for the sake of time, I want to go through everyone real quick. I want you to give me one word when you saw Harrison Wells at the very end of this show. And we'll start, uh, Glass, please, we'll start with you.
3: Well, that's my one word. You said one word.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even hear it. Did uh, you yes. Say it? I, did it? Okay. Um, Rose, Um,
4: can I have two words? Can I say
0: like, of course? Sure, sure. Of course. Of course. Okay. Of course. Nice, nice. Uh, And delicious. (laughs) Um, Sarah. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I should have said two words, Tom, because uh, I'll just say it was it was awesome, just awesome seeing him back.
2: Uh, And I I really, I really hope we get to see more of him. Hang on.
1: Oh, I was just going to say the funny thing is while I was watching the episode, I'm like, it's really cool how Harrison is still a part of the show and he doesn't even make an appearance. And then the final clip aired. (laughs) And I'm like, for? They showed
5: you, Sarah. They showed you. Oh, did you want to say
0: something? Yeah, I
2: just wanted to make a brief comment about Patty, if that's okay. Uh, I know we're running time. Okay, so... I didn't hate her, her introduction. I I liked it to a certain degree. I once again, I'm still very nerve nervous that they might because look, you, you don't have to agree with, agree or whatever, but it's a fact that it, she is you know on the on the edge of being very much of a, a felicity smoke of this show, and there were times in the episode when I thought she was just trying a bit too hard in general and so on um nothing against the actors i think Chantal Van chantelle is she's fine she's beautiful and she um you know she she fits in well with the show Um, the only two the, the three i want to see with her is that one is that she is allowed to actually interact with the other characters on the show and not just be with barry and joe all the time uh, and you know can't we have, you know, all the females get together and have fun, and so on, or do we do we have to pit them against each other? Maybe we should go with choice A, have them be just friendly or whatnot. Uh, let's not make Arrow's mistakes of having Felicity and Laurel and not be friends for, like, two or three years until season three, uh, because, you know, girls are can be friends with each other, too. They're not just about fighting about a guy. Um, two, I, I don't... I hope that they... they Try and make Patty a, as much of her own character as much as possible without having to rely on the Felicity formula, and um, because it, it felt like seeing Felicity, Smoke, and Chloe Sullivan being put into one and not really knowing what to do at first. By the end of the episode, it smoothed out. She became kind of you know, you got a sense of of her, um. But um, but yeah, no, I. But overall, and, and the first thing I want to see is that, and it's not just pert- pertains to her, it pertains to, you know, also to to Iris, because I did, I read a very interesting review on the Vulture today that, um, and about, them um, there was a little bit of an issue for, from them, you know, in terms of that Patty, Patty gets, gets a little bit more development and gets a chance of being, you know, emotionally, especially stuff like that, while Iris, you know, who, once again, she lost something big six months ago, um, but only uh, Caitlyn and uh, and um, and now n- this new Patty girl has been able to kind of express it. I kind of just wish that that give equal development for all the female characters. That's all I'm asking for. So that you know, because yeah, Patty's going to be a big part of the show, and obviously because you know she has a big role in the fo's. So, but yeah, hopefully it can just be equal between all of them, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: uh, no, that makes total sense. Uh, good, uh, good way to end that talk there. So, Andy. Can, can I say um, about
3: one thing about Patty's spirit? The the, yeah, yeah, the, the only thing is, I, I know we had the discussion about we were trusting this writing staff to not you know pull levers and and use tropes willy nilly. I, I will say at, at the end of this episode, Joe promotes her to detective. Verbally, that was a
2: little bit weird.
3: <laughs> Let's just just so we know, because <laughs> I spent a lot of time around police forces, that does not happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was I, like, uh, I was like, isn't that up to Captain yeah. Singh to decide? Like, or is it because he's in charge of the and, and the metahuman task force joke is uh, to promote her.
0: I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get some more explanation of that as we move forward. Because, yeah, that was a little odd. I mean, you know, I guess we can base it on. if It's TV land, so we, we kind of throw some
2: things out there. Yeah. Are you typing. Uh, but, yeah. Like, I
1: did, are you huh? typing while you're talking?
0: Okay. No, 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 no.
2: I will say, by the way, just <laughs> one final thing is that <laughs> the scene between Bear and I when she has that heart to heart with him was one of their best scenes ever and it also kind of was a good parallel with the scene that laura and oliver had in season two of arrow in the hallway if you guys remember uh, i think it was like two for episode 13 of 14 like it's like when sarah has like you know just come back and like you know revealed to everyone that yeah. she's alive when
1: oliver says i'm not gonna run after you anymore i'm done run- chasing is that yeah. that's the hallway scene
2: yeah that's that that was a yeah. One of my that, that was a really good like parallel in terms of that heart to heart discussion and so on because you know they, you know, they have there's a different ways of showing love to one another and so on, and you know, in that way they were brutally honest with each other and I think that's pretty amazing too, you know. Chemi- you can you can have, you can have yeah. great 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 chemistry in many ways. I'm just saying very right. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's and that's forced down your throat like <clears> throat> season free. Um,
5: oh, it's <laughs> so much oh, more gosh. forced. oh gosh here we go.
2: <laughs>
0: there we go. All right, um, we'll definitely do that again next time do you uh, season
2: three again? No, can... wanna, because season free again. No, I don't want to. I don't want to season free again because season free was garbage.
0: That discussion, that discussion, because oh. I'm sure that'll be fun. That season free was um. forced.
2: Yeah, no, sure, I, I can do it all day long <laughs> because season free was garbage and it was forced and it was, <clears> yeah. I'm so
1: glad, like my Skype stopped working for that moment. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good one. All right, so that is going to conclude our TV talk for today. Um, I wanted to get to something real quick. I didn't mention that at the the top of the show, Uh, and that's we're doing our first giveaway. This is pretty exciting, like our first actual giveaway. So, um, just uh, we're going to make this pretty easy for uh, our first. It's what it is. If you go onto our Twitter. I tweeted out an image. It's a Freddy Krueger uh, graphic tee. So it's going to go along with with uh, with our ho- with the Halloween theme, obviously. Uh, so all you got to do to, to uh, get involved in the contest is when you see the show, uh, tweet it out on Twitter. Just retweet it and answer the following questions. Question number one. How did Freddy die? I'm not talking about how did he die and Freddy's dead. How did he die any other time? How did he originally die? Question number two. In, in Nightmare on Elm Street, the Dream Warriors, there is an actor on there who is a well-known name. It's not Patricia Arquette, and it's not the lead actress. I believe her name's Heather Lang, Legan Camp. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, like, Oh, thank, thank you. Um, but there's another actor, and I'll give you a hint. He played a janitor, and he's a very well-known name now. So, and so, so this is what you do to qualify. You retweet the show, and you answer those two questions. How did Freddy die? And who's the actor I'm talking about in the Dream Warriors? So do that, and you'll be entered in the contest to win the Freddy graphic tee. So that'll be starting as soon as as soon as the show goes out. You can retweet it. You answer the you answer the questions, and you're in the contest. And we'll announce the winner next week. So we're gonna we're gonna let this ride for a good week, and and hopefully it'll be a good turnout for our first uh, our first uh, giveaway. I'm excited. We're gonna do a lot more of these guys. So so stay tuned. Um, also, just to uh, wrap some other things up, uh, we're, we're still trying to work on the whole GWW site. So for now, you can still go to GeeksWithWives.com to get all of our content. You can find all of Sarah's reviews. Uh, Gasocles has some stuff written up there. Uh, Chris, am I saying his name? That, Perry? Is that how you guys say his name? Is, am I yeah, saying it Chris, wrong? I Chris apologize. Perry. Period. Um, he's doing the top thirty-one movies of October uh, horror movies of October. So go. He's he does one every single day. He gives you a good horror movie to go check out. So be sure you're you're uh, looking at that too. And also, if you're in the Fresno area this weekend, ZapCon is happening this weekend. It's the second uh, second year they're doing this. I will be there on Sunday. I'll be a part of the panel with some of the geeks with Wyatt, the the GWW guys. Um, me, Casey Walsh, and Will Ozondo from. Uh, geeks with wives and capes crew they're going to be there we're going to be doing a really fun panel we're going to be giving away a lot of prizes so if you're in the fresno area go check it out it's going to be a good time all right so uh last but not least uh, movie picks. <laughs> i know i know uh last but not least movie picks for this week uh gasicles since this is your first time why don't you give us your halloween horror pick for this this uh this week
3: uh so this is just wide open any any time period
0: just, any any yeah i would
3: go with uh cabin in the woods
0: okay cool cabin in the woods uh rose
4: i oh there's so so many um Shaun of the dead always always a favorite nice.
0: all right and oh, zombie strippers
4: because that's even full. better Shush.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a movie cool. called zombie um, strippers
4: there's a movie called there Zombie is. Strippers, there's a movie called Zombies vs. Strippers. There's loads of these, but Zombie Strippers is the
2: best,
0: it's Jenna Jameson's.
2: We shall, t- we shall talk more after this recording. <laughs> um, Andy, do you have one? I-, I don't have like a classic one, but um, a new scary movie that I watched recently that I would recommend is Unfriended. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the-, the awkward silence there, nobody likes this movie, huh?
0: No, no, you're good, you're good um sarah
1: rose give me a name of a horror movie that was good <laughs> don't she, don't go for a hocus pocus can, as a can... halloween movie yeah. oh my god that's a I mean, great movie hocus okay. pocus pete come on <laughs> all right
0: you're, you're right right on top of that one uh, sarah and rose yeah um, all right um i'm just gonna give mine uh, house on haunted hill that's kind of a, a funny little silly uh, horror movie which is pretty good it's the it's the newer one too there was actually an older one I would think with Vincent Price, that, but I'm talking about... Is that the Jennifer Lawrence movie. one?
3: Um, Am I thinking of the right movie? N- no? Okay. no, no.
0: It, uh, it's the with... Um, yeah. Okay. yeah, this is... Yeah, Chris Kattan. Okay. Um, can't remember who else is. Um, but that's... So that is going to do it for this week. Um, all right, so let's go around. Agasicles, uh, tell everyone where they can find you at on Twitter.
3: You can, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Agasicles Stamus, That's two S's in the middle or on uh, Google Plus uh, under the same name cool uh rose you can
4: find me at twitter at Rosemore rights you can also find me at www.rosemorerights.com and you can now find me as a co-host of the dc movies podcast which is on all the usual social media as dc movies podcast
0: awesome thank you rose uh andy
2: Hmm? (laughs) wait what i'm sorry i kind of blacked up for like what what are we doing are we are we talking classic movies again (laughs)
0: No, we're telling you're signing off and telling us, where, telling everyone we're. Ah,
2: uh-huh, okay. You. So they can. <laughs> I'm really tired. I didn't. It was not true. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. Um, That's I you can find me at my uh, on my Twitter account at Andrew Um, you can find me at hosting the Flash Podcast uh, on the and on social media you can find all of the Flash Podcast and um, iTunes, situate all that. If you want to check out my other TV work, you can. Check out my work at TV Overmind, TV At The Dark, as well as at Heroic Hollywood. And I'm also uh, the founder and owner of uh, the demaralport.com, which is um, a new great fan site for all things Marvel. So if you're a Marvel fan, head over to Marvelport.com and uh, um, check us out. And um, to see what else I can plug, because I can plug things, um, DCDpodcast.com, that's uh, where the Flash Podcast is, is part of, as well as DC Moves Podcast. So um, it's all connected, y'all.
0: <laughs> Very cool. I like that. I like that. How you ended that, Andy? Uh, Sarah, where can they find you?
1: I'm on Twitter at S J Belmont. S J B E L M O N T and um classic please. <laughs> I totally screwed up that name, right? Um, guys.
5: Yeah,
1: yeah, we're okay. <laughs> well, I blacked, we I, actually. I Well, we actually recorded our second episode of a new podcast for GWW Radio called Two Guys, A Girl, and a Scene with our friend John. And so you can look on geekswithwives.com for that podcast and updates in the future. But it's going to be fun. We're going to mainly be focusing on um, films and um, just rant and raving as per usual.
0: Cool. Thank you very much for that, Sarah. And uh, yeah, go check out that podcast. Um, you can find me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. You can find us at scene and nerd. Uh, go to iTunes, subscribe. Um, tweet, a, tweet us on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, you know, we can we'll read your comments on here. Just what you did earlier today with uh, Kick-Ass Koala. Um, you got theories? Let us know uh, what they are about Arrow because you know we always love to talk about those. Whether it's Flash, whether it's Arrow, whether it's any show you're you're watching, just let us know. Um, and then, like I said, with the contest, remember, retweet, answer the questions. You're in the contest. We an- announce the winner next Just week. do uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it, exactly. <laughs> um, that is going to do it for now. Like we said, uh, find us. Oh, oh yeah, find GeeksWithWise.com. Go there. Go find tons of good content because you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Till next week, we'll see you next time. Have a good weekend. Everybody. Bye. <laughs> and Sarah
5: La-
2: and Sarah Bye. Tonight, everybody, everybody,
1: you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be right back, guys.
5: Oh, oh not you too! No,
4: I'll everyone's, right everyone's gone back. now. going to Do this,
5: jeez. Be right um, back. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, for, let the record show that Sarah was here the whole time.
3: <laughs> but I'm really right back. I just had to reach over and turn on another another PC.
1: I think you lied.